Hey, listener, this is Arnie Chapman, founder of the Sports History Network and host of the Football History Do podcast. Now, I'm stopping by this feed here to tell you about a new sponsor we have on the network. It's Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games, spelled with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y. Realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all, with a 10th basketball coming in 2022. You can relive great seasons of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's fun. If you're into sports history, you should go and check them out. That's play with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y, classic.com. Use the code SHN at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Now this is just a snippet of the interview, which you can find the full interview over at SHN Showcase. So please enjoy this snippet of the interview with Keith and Sam out the whole night and then like you said waking up and just doing it over again different realm different life or era but the same kind of thing but let's flash forward just a little bit I mean I guess maybe you started kind of giving me the why why you started starting the board games let's give me the when and then let's explain for the listener of the show what play games is all about play games originally was all about sports simulation board games that should be distinguished from sports games and sports simulations Originally, um, this this would go back to when I was in college. That's kind of when I decided, you know, I'm going to make my own game. And I started working on my own game. That would have been 1978 uh, or so. Uh, and the my my football game again. As I said, my my biggest sports interest is in professional football, and so naturally that that was where you know I spent most of my childhood playing you know board football games, and that's where I was you know kind of uh, prompted to begin my my uh, sports board game design uh career as it were the first the f- beginnings of of my football game were in 1978 by the mid 80s 83 80 45 i had like a working version of what i currently offer on the website second season football it came out w- was released uh in 1999 it was a, a period of time between you know 1990 and 1999, that decade there, where I, I had the game in a finished form, and I was just kind of sending it out to folks. So I, I was connected with Jim Gordon's uh, sports game message board in the early days of the internet, and I would connect with people, and they'd say, hey, that sounds really interesting. Could you send me a copy? And so I'd send them a copy, and after a while, I started kind of getting uh, too expensive to send a copy, so I, I charged people five bucks to have it made, to pr- you know, print it at Kinko's or whatever, and send it to them. And then eventually, over time, it was it got to the point where you know I'm going to go ahead and put this on, on the web. That was 1999, and my original strategy uh, in doing a sports board game company was to do. I had the football game. I also had a wrestling game, and I had a, a, a third game, a, a space alien invasion game, which you know doesn't really fit in in the mix. But I figured, well, what the heck, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on there too. And my my strategy in the early 2000s quickly became I'm gonna, I'm going to focus on sports which don't have a board game presence. Everybody had you know there's Stratomatic baseball and hockey and basketball. All these all the major sports were covered, but you know, nobody made a lacrosse game. Nobody made a roller derby game. Uh, nobody had made. Uh, I guess there were a couple of bowling games, but uh, you know I, I, a demolition derby game. I was focusing on sports that were like of, of uh, you know lesser interest, but still had some sort of a following. Uh, then eventually, I mean, giving you sort of the thumbnail here, 
we began to expand into the major sports, it became clear to me once my radio career started to kind of, you know, end and I, and I began to seriously consider doing sports board games as, as a, a second career, you know, it, it became pretty obvious to me that, well, you know, if you're going to succeed as a sports board game company, you're going to have to have a baseball game. And so, uh, developed that. I had an idea in mind, worked on that. We can talk more about that later, but, uh, uh, over time, between 2000, I relaunched Play Games in 2009 uh, uh, after fo- focusing on my radio career. So I, d- so I did, pl- I launched Play Games in, t- in 1999, late 1999, and shut it down in 2004 so that I could concentrate on my radio career. It was getting to the point, radio at that point was not quite where it is now, but it was still, it was going there. It was like, okay, you're, you know, it used to be in radio. Uh, you, you wanted to specialize in something. You wanted to be really good at one thing, whether it was being a radio personality or a copywriter or, you know, uh, a programmer or a music director. And, you know, the, the jack, the idea of a jack of all trades, you know, good at everything or, you know, capable at everything, but not good, really good at anything was sort of laughed at in radio in those days. But then it became, started to shift where it's like, well, we got to start firing people. Now people are going to have to wear multiple hats. And so that's where I found myself in 2004. It's like, okay, I, I can't be just a disc jockey anymore. I'm going to have to start doing more. So I had to, you know, I, I really didn't have the spare time to be able to focus on sports board games. So I put it aside uh, and then focused on my radio career for, for five years. And eventually, you know, just kind of all, <laughs> it's a whole nother story, but bottom line is in 2009, it's like, okay, I can see my future is not going to be in radio. It's going to have to be in sports board games. So I relaunched play games in 2009 with a different strategy at that point it's like okay well if i'm going to be a serious sports board game company i'm going to have to have the major sports baseball hockey uh nascar you know and at that and then i began to kind of drift away from the original strategy of doing these little boutique games that nobody you know for sports that not that many people really cared about so that was kind of a landmark shift and you know fast forward to today where you know we see that the, the, the idea of a sports simulation board game is you know, it's kind of, kind of, uh, I don't want to say going out of style, but uh, cl- clearly the future is doesn't look too rosy for sports simulation board games, despite our best efforts to preserve them and advance the cause. So in 2018, we made the decision. My, my son was in college at the time. We, we kind of made the decision, you know, let's, uh, I, I think we should try to expand out into other kinds of games, not just sports games. So Sam joined the company in 2019. And we have we we that's when we launched Play Now. So we have uh, Play Classic, which is the sports simulation games, which of course your audience is going to be interested in. And then we moved to uh, Play Now, which is non-sports, non-simulation games, and that's a whole whole different thing. So all that to say, that's when when you say what is play, you know what what's play all about. That's kind of the the backstory to it. Uh, we're kind of ever we're ever changing. We're we're evolving to a place where you know we want to we want to stay relevant for the 2020s and uh you know w- without discarding the heritage of of you know the the 1970s and 80s with with sports simulation board games would that okay so when you when you said introduce these new games and then the initial i know you you kind of altered the one would you consider and i don't know if that's the right term like you you author all of these games or do you have other people that work on them with you well i author them myself i do have a uh, a trusted group of play testers who uh, help out with, uh, you know, giving me input and, uh, you know, a good play tester is really, really hard to find. Uh, There are plenty of people who are willing to volunteer to play test your game, but oftentimes they don't provide you with really, you know, salient, useful information. I mean, it's not, it's not that helpful to say, yeah, I I played, I really loved it. You know, 
it's like, well, you know, what about it? Did you like, what didn't you like? So uh, over the years, I've been doing this now for 20 something years. And so I've developed this, uh, this core group of, of really trusted people, uh, many of whom I've never met in person, which is interesting. Uh, and they've provided, provided me great, great feedback. So I would say I've authored them, but with the help of, uh, you know, a, a group of, of really solid uh, sports board gamers. So you have your advisors, the knights at the round table that help you get to the right board game, <laughs> the, the right combination. Right. Well, usually we're working on the, uh, it's not the board game, but, you know, we're, we, we've decided we're working on a specific sport. Like, like right now we're working on basketball and, you know, they'll be giving me input on uh, whether this feels right or this doesn't feel right. This, this is happening too often. This isn't happening often enough. Here's a factor that you, that the game doesn't seem to capture it. And it's pretty important. Let's build something in that will capture that. That's the kind of input that they give me. It's really, really helpful. Do you ever work with uh, statisticians or any of that type of thing that help, help this along or. Well, you know, there's two camps in the sports simulation board game world. Uh, There's the, there's the stat camp. The people who are who are all about the statistics to them, it, it's almost that uh, you know the game itself doesn't matter. It's the statistics that matter that you're going to generate from the game. How close are they going to come to real life? Uh, and for those people, they you know it's it's stats, stats, and more stats. And then there's the other group, which is the group that we aim for, which is more narrative driven. Where the number, you know, you, you want to have realistic, reasonable stats, but we're not so concerned about recreating statistics as we are recreating the the feel and the the you know the the sensation of watching or you know or coaching a particular sport. So our our uh, games are are story driven. Many of the results hinge upon a player having or not having a certain quality. And if he has it, he will he will make this great play or do something special. If he doesn't have it, then he doesn't do it. So it, it's very much, oh wow, you know, he had a chance to 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 make the big play and didn't, or did, you know, it, it's very much you know a narrative driven type thing as opposed to rolling a dice and and rolling within a range of you know thirty to thirty five. This happens thirty six to forty one. This happens forty two to fifty five. You know, using do two d tens, and you're basically just kind of finding a result as a result of where the dice fall. Uh, we definitely do use stats to, uh, to uh, create the players and ratings for each of the seasons. Uh, and for, for those, there's plenty of websites with references that I'm sure you're familiar with that give you, you know, accurate statistics representations of, of seasons and stuff like that. So it's not to say that we don't use stats in the games. It's just not quite as much of a focus for ours as uh, some other sports board games make it. Right, exactly. So it's fair to say like that's that's part of the recipe, but the secret sauce is that you're focusing on the narrative and the story to be part of it and live that experience kind of thing. Very yes, that's very true. And, and we've got a, a really gr- a really loyal and, and uh, growing uh, you know group of folks who who are really appreciate that approach, which is gratifying. Not to say that, not to say that everybody does, but you know, but, and that's fine. You know, whatever I always tell people, you know, uh, you know, fun is, is what you think it is. If you think it's fun, it's fun, you know? And if you think that adding up statistics and comparing them to real life is fun, well, then that, that, that's legitimate fun. Uh, 
so, you know, I'm, I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm just saying there, there are people who, for whom the narrative is fun and, and we, we, uh, really value those people and they, they, uh, uh, spend a lot of time with us. Oh, for sure. I mean, going back to, like you said, at the outset of this interview of how radio has shifted and you have more micro niche. And now that's kind of what you are, the, you're the niche of the narrative story and to be able to relive the experience, which you kind of dug into a little bit of some of the questions we were going to get into. One of the questions there would be, uh, I saw on the site how it says these games, there's a category that says solitaire, almost like, like you can play these games by themselves. Like, how, how does that work? How would you describe how someone could play one of these games by themselves? Well, primarily, th- that really is uh, one of the s- distinguishing factors of uh, of uh, what we do uh, and and in our and our game design philosophy, which also you know to a certain extent carries over to play now. And the idea is, mo- many games, well, you know, the the majority of of uh, the hobby game press, you know, you know hobby board game industry uh, focuses on developing multiplayer games, which can then be maybe adapted to play solo by making some different rules or something. There is a growing solitaire board game community uh, aside from sports, but our games have always been uh, solitaire first. They've always been uh, designed for people to play by themselves. Uh, Primarily really from a practical standpoint, because uh, it's really hard to find people to play these games against. There's not a lot of people. I don't know that there really ever has been a lot of people who play sports simulation board games. Certainly it was more popular in the uh, 1960s and 70s and 80s. Uh, but even then, I don't think it was, you know, mass appeal. It was still kind of a niche thing even then. So most people, I think, uh, you know, ha- have have difficulty finding people to play against. So by necessity, you know, the games have had to be developed to be uh, uh, solitaire. Uh, and uh, as, as a side note, you know, we've done a, a number of conventions over the past few years. Uh, and it's amazing how we'll, we'll always have somebody come, usually multiple people who've come. They've never played a sports game against somebody else. It's all their, their entire, and these people might be, you know, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old. They've, their entire sports board game experience is solitary. They have never played a game against anybody else. And they're just delighted when they find other people who have that same interest. So our, our games have always been designed. The sports games have always been designed to be played solitaire first. And the way that works is. Uh, again, it's a simulation game. Uh, so you're simulating a, a, a professional sport and it recreates the experience of, uh, of like watching a game on TV in, in many ways. There are strategic elements that have been that, that are added. Uh, so for example, on the football game, for example, um, the, the, uh, the offensive coach has a selection of, of, uh, six different offensive plays they can call. And there are, uh, four different defenses that can be called. And when you're playing head to head, you know, the offensive player, the offensive coach chooses which offensive play he's going to run and who he's going to throw the ball to uh, or run the ball with. And the defensive player chooses what defensive setting he's going to use. And then you reveal and then you roll the dice and f- see what happens. Uh, when you're playing solitaire, uh, there is a, a series of, uh, there, there, there are auto coach, you know, uh, solitaire defense and offense systems where you can roll the dice to make that play call for you. Uh, so you can, uh, typically the, the classic mode of playing a sports simulation game, like a football game would be, uh, the, you decide what play you're going to call, you'll roll a die or dice to determine what defensive setting was called. Then you roll the dice to see what happens on the play. And then you'll record the result and move on to the next play. So you're not so much playing the game against somebody. You're just sort of you're, you're conducting this simulation and watching it unfold before you as it happens. And with, with the same 
frequency, the same, you know, the same, uh, the same kind of experience you'd, you'd have watching a game on TV with with football when you're playing it solitaire. The uh, delivery methods or the mechanisms for the the listener that wants to purchase the games. And of course there's the physical board games. And then there's also the option to, like I saw to download. And then it said, if you have a 3d printer, then you can go ahead and get some of these pieces. So let's go ahead and talk about that. The op- the options for the listener, if they're 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 going out to purchase a board game and what they could do from your from your company. Sure. Um, so the website, of course, is uh, playclassic.com. That's P-L-A-A-Y classic.com. Uh, two A's in there. Uh, and that's the only place that our games are available, our, our sports games, at least. The, the non-sports games is on playnow.com. So it's, E-L-A-A-Y-N-O-W.com. So uh, similar shopping experience on both sites. Uh, we do all of our sales online, so we don't sell in any um, retail stores or any uh, Amazon, anything like that. It's all um, direct from our website. And anything you order from our website comes right from our house. We operate it all out of our basement here. And uh, so anything you get from us is, is shipping from our uh, main headquarters location. We assemble it ourselves. So yeah, I, I guess I would encourage listeners to to give it a give it a click, check it out. Um, we've laid out all of the games on there. It's very easy to to navigate. Um, we also have a YouTube channel um, that I would say I would recommend checking out before you purchase any games. If you're on the fence about uh, if this is something that you might be interested in or not, um, we have a YouTube channel where we uh, just twice a week, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, we stream live and. Usually it's just playing games. We play a lot of our games. Uh, sometimes it's not so much gameplay, but more um, just kind of other miscellaneous variety show type things. Um, but there's definitely uh, plenty of demos on there if if you have any questions about how the game is played or if you're wondering if it's something you're interested in. And if you have any uh, more direct questions, you can always contact us as well. We've got a contact link right there on the front page of the site that you can you can get in touch with us by if you have more questions besides that. Perfect. And Sam, just one last reminder, where can the listener get their hands on their next favorite game? Sure. That is going to be P L A A Y classic C L A S S I C.com. And then of course the uh, non-sports board games will be on playnow.com. That's P L A A Y N O W.com. Or you could just go to play.com, P-L-A-A-Y.com, and it's the hub for both. And then just click on the game you want. That's true. That's probably That's easier. That's Five letters, P-L-A-A-Y. Again, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash play, P-L-A-A-Y, to listen to the full interview, as well as sign up for your chance to win the giveaway right now. And again, don't forget to use that promo code SHN at checkout. That's SHN for 10% off your first order. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.